Patriots Kill Streak, episode 23. Greetings, future lovers. I am Eric Goslin, and joining me, very special guest today. We have a very special guest. He's always a special guest in my heart. Mike Price, how are you? Hi. Hey, I'm good. Oh, yay. <laughs> We're done watching Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, it was crazy to not have a Friday the 13th to watch last night. Um, I feel like, oh, and by the way, we're going to be going back to once a week episodes for now for the foreseeable future until we have another lengthy, uh, series to tackle. And we might drop Mm -hmm. like, like bonus episodes here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're going to enjoy, uh, only having to watch one movie a week for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And as the listener, you can expect to more regularly receive episodes just on Mondays. Yeah, with that that Thursday slot always being the uh, the like the, the extra slot. You yeah, know? the surprise Special. will scare you. It'll spook you. Drop something <laughs> in your inbox and you won't even know. Yeah. Um, and stay tuned for the end of the episode. Of course, we're going to reveal the next series. And yeah, it's, uh, that's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, But, of course, we are here to talk about the Friday the 13th series, and we are going to give our Killstreak definitive ranking of all 12 movies. Yeah. Uh, No, 11 movies. We decided Freddy versus Jason. We are not going to count because it's a little bit of an oddball, and it's more Mm -hmm. of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie than a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. It was fun. We both liked it. Yes. Um... But yeah, and I think also should we, we'll probably leave that out of the recaps today too. Right? Yes, yeah, 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 we will. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But eleven movies, man. Ranking these was those are it was it was a lot different than trying to rank three Blair Witch movies. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, this was tough. I had I struggled with my top two picks and mm-hmm. my bottom picks too. Those, yeah, those were the slots that gave yeah. me most trouble. Honestly, like mine was a mine was in motion for the duration of this project and mm-hmm. yesterday as I was trying to finalize this things were moving around all day long I mean not drastically but you know small adjustments so but yeah I think I, I'm I think curious to see how it's going to shake out yeah it's going to be fun but before we get there uh we're going to go through some very brief recaps of the movies so just in case you're joining us for the first time and you didn't go through all these episodes with us uh, we'll give you a little bit of bearings here. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe some of them sound fun. You go back, listen to those episodes. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Uh, so first up, of course, is Friday the 13th, which came out yeah. in 1980, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Sean Cunningham. Um, and this is a movie that capitalized on the success of Halloween and yeah. uh, was sort of a low-budget ripoff of that movie. Uh, we're at Camp Crystal Lake. It's reopening many years after the drowning death of Jason Voorhees and the mm-hmm. subsequent murder of two camp counselors. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw out that like, I was thinking at the beginning of each of these, for someone who's like just jumping into this, I'm going to be like, this is the no Jason one. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like the one sentence, like which one is this one? And I, like that's what this one is. It's the one with no Jason in it. At least it's not until the very one end. of the two no Jasons. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's true. Uh, so now it's the eighties. Counselors are back, and they're once again being picked off one by one. The killer is revealed to be Pamela Voorhees, the mother of Jason, and she's exacting her revenge. Yeah. Uh, 
And then Jason briefly appears at the very end uh, as a child in a lake who grabs our final girl, Alice. Yeah, um, he was this. He was a special needs boy who drowned because of irresponsible camp counselors. So exactly. Mrs. Voorhees is taking her revenge. Exactly. Um, and we have notable appearance by Kevin Bacon and yeah. special effects by Tom Savini. Yeah, and I think those are like I think especially going back through the whole series. Uh, and one of the things, a little uh, giveaway, we're going to do some superlatives. And one of the things we decided to rank were best deaths in the series. And uh-huh. having to reflect on those definitely really made me think back and appreciate the, the craftsmanship of Tom Savini and, and the impact he has when he's involved. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, then we have Friday the 13th Part 2. came out in 1981, uh, directed by Steve Miner. Uh, this one is takes place five years after the events of the last movie. We have a baghead Jason, Jason with a sack yeah. over the head. That's my pitch. It's the one where Jason has a bag on his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Paul Holt is operating a school for camp counselors, and once again they start getting killed one by one, but this time by Jason Voorhees himself. Our final girl is Ginny, and we have notable performances by Stu Charno as Ted, who survives Ted. by going to an after party. <laughs> That's right. Ted gets fucked up on Yayo and gets home safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah, and we've got this one. Um, we we talked at length about our, our favorites, uh, our guy in the wheelchair, Mark. Is that Mark. What, was that his name? Yeah, yep. we yep. love um and this is also the final the second and final appearance of ralph the town kook oh yes Uh, may he rest in peace yeah we're we're big fans of ralph a killstreak favorite here yeah uh then part three uh 1982 directed by steve minor also and this one is notable because it's in 3d i mean in theory (laughs) yeah in theory it's in 3d it wasn't for us uh but there's a lot of doing shit at the camera Oh, yeah. Uh, It's set directly after part two. A group of partiers spend the weekend at a cabin on Crystal Lake. Uh, This is the entry where Jason finally gets his hockey mask. Mm -hmm. Um, Our final girl is Chris, who's been previously traumatized by Jason, which we see in a weird flashback. (laughs) And then uh, notable performances by Larry Zerner. Uh, as Shelly, who is the person responsible for giving Jason the hockey mask. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he also uh, became an entertainment lawyer who tweets about the ongoing license struggles of the Friday the 13th series. (laughs) It's a must-follow. Actually, I think I I started following him after this. Yeah. So then we have Friday the 13th, the final chapter, 1983, directed by Joseph Zito. Uh, this one was supposed to be the final chapter. Uh, we meet the Jarvis family, including Tommy, played by Corey Feldman. Jason stalks and kills a new group of teen partiers staying next door to the Jarvis house. Tommy and his sister Trish stand off against Jason. Tommy shaves his head to look like a young Jason and eventually mm. hacks Jason to pieces. Uh, yeah. Tom Savini returns for the special effects and a notable performance by Crispin Glover. Yeah, this is this to me is like this is the one where you think about like real '80s casts. You know, Friday the Thirteenth usually has a lot of actors you never heard of, mm-hmm. but this is the one where you got Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman. 
and Judy Aronson as well, who we know from Weird Science and a couple other movies. So this is yeah. the one that's like, oh, it's like a real 80s movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning um, is 1985, directed by Danny Steinman. This is a real oddball. We have another Jason-less movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this time by choice. Yeah, by idiots. Cho- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have Tom- Tommy Jarvis is back, and he's a disturbed young man living in a halfway house. Uh, after one of the residents, Joey, is murdered by another resident, people start dying one by one. We're made to believe it might be Tommy, but guess what? It's revealed to be the ambulance driver, Roy, from the beginning <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> yeah, character that everyone knows very well and is super invested in the story of. Yeah. We have a notable appearance by Debbie Sue Voorhees' Huge Knockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, the the elevator pitch is the director once said he basically shot a porno in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, 1986, directed by Tom McLaughlin. Uh, we have a much more comedic approach. This is the, mm-hmm. funny, the funny Friday the 13th. The funny one, and this is also the one where Jason like finally graduates to being an undeniably supernatural killing machine. Yes, yes. Great point. Um, Tommy Jarvis is back. He accidentally resurrects Jason, <laughs> who, <laughs> who proceeds to go on ham, to go ham on the new camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake, which is renamed Forest Green. Uh, this one has no nudity and pretty tame violence. With a mm-hmm. notable appearance by who's the guy who plays Horshack? Uh, Ron Palillo. Ron Palillo, yes. <laughs> uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Part Seven: The New Blood, uh, nineteen eighty-eight, directed by John Carl Beekler. Uh, this elevator pitch is basically Carrie versus Jason. Yeah, uh, we have the telekinetic Tina, Tina, and her mom, an evil doctor played by Terry Kaiser. Bad News Cruz. They spend the weekend at a cabin where her father, where her abusive father died, uh, thanks to her telekinetic powers. <laughs> she accidentally resurrects Jason, who starts killing the teens at the party house next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is notable because it's the first appearance of Kane Hodder as Jason. Yeah, that's right. The only actor to ever play Jason Voorhees more than once. That's right. And then we have Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, 1989, directed by Rob Hedden. Uh, More like Jason Takes a Boat Trip. (laughs) (laughs) Jason is brought back to life on the bottom of Camp Crystal Lake by a broken power cord. (laughs) (laughs) He climbs aboard a cruise ship bound for Manhattan, populated by high school seniors. The last 20 minutes take place in the hellhole that is New York City. And a notable performance of Vancouver as New York. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this one famously has exactly one scene in it that was actually shot in New York City. (laughs) Yeah, it's in Times Square. They did spend the money to get that one scene, but nowhere else. Uh, Then we have Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, 1993, directed by Adam Marcus. We move from Paramount to New Line. Um, after Jason is torn apart by an FBI raid, the evil demon that possesses his body, body snatches and kills unfortunate souls of Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, and his target is his sister and her daughter. 
because only a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees or bring him back his body back. <laughs> there are magical daggers. Little, it gets a little confusing, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, notable performances by Stephen Williams as Creighton Duke, the bounty hunter. Yes. And yeah. John LeMay as our hero, Stephen. Yeah, John LeMay. You may know him from Friday the 13th, the series on which he was a lead for the first two seasons. I was a fan. I, st- I wish that was streaming. I would watch those. Uh, then we have Jason X, d- released in 2002, directed by James Isaacs. Uh, Jason goes to space. That's pretty much it. Hard yeah, to forget that's that. all you need to know. <laughs> Jason's cryogenically frozen and thought out 400 years in the future aboard the spaceship The Grendel. Uh, notable performances by Canadian dudes with parted hair. <laughs> <laughs> and knit sweaters. Yes. <laughs> Midriffs are a character in the movie. Absolutely. Oh, boy. It is a true time capsule. <laughs> and finally, we have Friday the 13th, the reboot from 2009, directed by Marcus Nispel. Uh, this reboot remakes, remake rebox officing uh, done by <laughs> Michael Bay's company, Platinum Dunes. Yeah. Uh, and they took the helm of this during the reboot craze of the late aughts, which we arguably are still in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one is the, basically the whole cast is just like CW actors. Yeah. Uh, we have clay who's searching for a sister who went missing around camp crystal Lake a month earlier. Jason is portrayed by Derek Mears in a much more human, uh, and intel- intelligent Jason mm-hmm. and faster uh, and moving. The- faster moving for sure and notable performances by the longest sex scene in friday the 13th history (laughs) (laughs) and jared padalecki from supernatural yeah yeah uh yeah and then as we mentioned we're not going to cover freddy versus jason today but that was a fun one came out in between the reboot and jason x but for your purposes pretend it doesn't exist nope not for this Okay, so that covers our recaps of the movies. Uh, which of our superlatives, we have some superlatives that we have put together. Mm-hmm. Um, which would you like to start with? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, they're all so impactful. Uh, yeah. Why don't we hand out our honorary award first? Just yes, to kind of that sounds warm good. up. Yes, yes. Yeah. So one of the things that Eric and I talked about is whether or not we wanted to do a best actor category, which ultimately felt to like a kind of uh, Sisyphean exercise because this is not a, a franchise known for its quality acting. Right. Yeah. Um, but there was one actor in particular that we both wanted to single out for managing to stand out amongst all of these films and a performance mm-hmm. not unlike many of his other performances that is truly one of a kind. Eric, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, we would like to give our honorary award to Crispin Glover, who, uh, as you know, is in the final chapter, the fourth movie. Uh, really one of the best dances in film history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it's it's just it's a funny thing because when he showed up at the beginning of this movie, you know, I was thinking to myself, oh, Crispin Glover, he's done some really weird stuff. But this is Friday the Thirteenth, so and it's like one of his first ever film appearances, so he's got to be kind of dialed back in it, yeah. right? Right? 
<laughs> no. 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 He, he <laughs> Not at all. Choices. That's what's so great about Crispin Glover. You give yeah. him a pretty standard nerd character, and he is going to make some interesting choices, and it's hard to take your eyes off of him. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah, so hats off to you, Crispin Glover. Uh, you are honorary best actor of the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, what do you want to do next? Let's do, uh, okay, let's do our top three babes. Oh, now, boy. This is a movie uh, series that is populated by young, attractive actors. It's definitely one of the selling points of mm-hmm. of this series is, you know, you're guaranteed some violence and you're pretty much guaranteed uh, some nice eye candy. Yeah. And there are some pretty choice babes in these movies. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, for the next, say, five minutes, Eric and I, we're going to take off our tasteful critic caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going we're gonna to try our best to, to get into the mindset of someone who would be titillated by uh-huh. nudity and shapely female bodies. Right, uh, right. You know, <laughs> so just uh, bear with us as we perform this sort of role-playing Exercise. thought experiment. Yeah, it's yeah. a thought experiment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, do you want to start, Eric, with your number three babe? Yeah, my number three babe coming to us from part two. I have Kirsten Baker as Terry, who okay. really knows how to wear a Mickey Mouse shirt. <laughs> She's wearing <laughs> the shortest little shorts in the shortest little shirt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, has a pretty notable skinny dipping scene. Yeah, yeah, almost, uh, yeah, one of the more iconic, certainly something you think about a lot when you think about Friday the 13th. I think people who, like myself, before doing a marathon like this, you just have these sort of uh, nebulous memories of Friday the 13th type moments and a Mm -hmm. skinny dip followed by a murder, uh, you know, really seems like, uh, like, like part of the fabric of the series. And she's really the one of the first ones to, to do that and to do it right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm realizing there is one notable entry that I'm going to have to give an honorable mention to, but you give your number three and I'll, and I'll, uh, okay. So my number three, uh, Eric alluded to in his rankings is going to come from the most recent Friday, the 13th movie, uh, so it is uh, Juliana Gill's character Brie from Friday the 13th, the 2009 reboot, who, especially mm-hmm. if you go rent the killer cut, is yeah. she is part of by far the longest and most graphic sex scene ever committed Yeah. Uh, to uh, to uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember what's film made of celluloid <laughs> celluloid thank you <laughs> i kept thinking silicone but the thing is <laughs> no that's Juli- not, yeah <laughs> the the one of the best things about juliana gill no silicone in sight my friends she has very large natural breasts that are on display for a long sex scene during which we get some really choice lines which i won't spoil now because i have to imagine she's going to be on eric's list but well you know what she was on my list and I removed and you, her at the last minute. You bumped minute. her? Oh, I bumped wow. her. Um, mostly because I knew that I, – I knew she would be covered <laughs> here. I knew. And, yeah. And, and I realized um, 
first, let me just give my honorable honorable okay. mention from part seven, uh, uh-huh. Elizabeth Catan. Yes, uh, who yeah. plays Robin? Uh, sure. Total total eighties babe, venerated scream queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyways, Juliana Gill has stupendous breasts and perfect <laughs> nipple placement. placement. Exactly. <laughs> All right. uh, who's who's your number two, Eric? Number two, I think I suspect I'm going to hear her name come out of your mouth. Judy Aronson as Samantha mm. in part four. Okay. Uh, so she is in Weird Science, as you said, in Friday the 13th, has a really uh, standout skinny dipping scene. And not just her, also the male cast yeah. and another couple of the other uh, female cast members. Mm-hmm. And then has a, another skinny dipping scene later in the movie <laughs> yeah. that was seemed like real hell to film where she has yeah. to go into a freezing lake and then get stabbed in a raft. Mm-hmm. A raft. Um, but, hey, man, I guess there's going to be a theme with all of all of these. Uh, <laughs> these and that's brunettes from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> At least I put a blonde on my list. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, okay. So my number two, uh, and this is, may not be surprising, uh, is one that Eric's already mentioned. The uh, Terry from part two, the skinny mm-hmm. dipper. Uh, she's got a just a really fantastic butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to call that out, you know, just because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about hot, hot ladies. Uh, taking their clothes off. <laughs> that's that's what it's come to. Uh, and so credit where credit is due. Uh, it's it's a truly awesome nude scene. And she's a... I like her character. Mm-hmm. And um, and I yeah, it's just... I have fond memories. And uh, she really left a positive impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so then my number one. Uh, this is... I actually already mentioned her in my recaps. From part five, we have Debbie Sue Voorhees as Tina. Um, mm-hmm. And this really, like, she is just most up my alley <laughs> of <laughs> most women I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like a real over-the-plate home run for me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it should be said, her sex scene um, was cut down drastically. Yeah. Uh, from it was supposed to be like eight minutes long or something like that <laughs> and it got cut down to like a minute and a half uh yeah. and i'm just saying i'd love to see that cut yeah eric is prepared to purchase with bitcoins on the dark web <laughs> anything that you guys might have to send his way yeah yeah uh, i think that's a great pick she didn't make my list but again i think it's because i knew she was near and dear to your heart um <laughs> She she would get her uh, get her due here. Her due, yeah. And Eric correctly predicted my number one is Judy Aronson playing Samantha in Part Four. Um, not only does she have some really great nude scenes across the movie, she's a character type that I like a lot, which is sort of uh, they kind of portray her as the she's not like. How do I put this? She's, she's like. Oh, go oh, ahead. What are you gonna say? I was say she's um, uh, not promiscuous. She's comfortable with herself. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, just because I think we're all hopefully trying to destigmatize the the word slut and stop slut shaming. Yeah, she's like fun slutty, 
and yeah, like yeah, yeah, confident. Yeah. yeah you know? Exactly. Yeah, she's totally. not she's not trashy and she's not uh, you know, she just brings a lot of positive vibes, even though and mm-hmm. you know, there's a part where her boyfriend bails on her, but that's his fault because he's a piece of shit who he's doesn't know what's shit. good for him. Yeah, but I also came into this very biased as I had a huge crush on her character in Weird Science, and I did not remember that she was in this and that she was showing off as much as she did. So, yeah, Judy Aronson, you're my number one. Well, we'd like to thank all of the women who are in Friday the 13th movies for uh, four decades, and all of the men as well, and Mm -hmm. to the troops, we salute you. All right, let's pivot this in a slightly classier direction. Sure. Uh, We'll keep it with the ladies, for the most part. Sure. Um, And let's go over our top three final girls asterisk from the Friday the 13th series. And, of course, by that we mean uh, usually the lone survivor, not always the lone survivor, but the, the, uh, our protagonists. Yeah, who bests Jason Voorhees or, you know, the ambulance driver by, from the end, by the end of the movie. <laughs> who banishes Roy? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I can go first. Yeah, go um, for it. My number three pick uh, is Ginny Field from Friday the 13th Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say I forgot to write down the actor's name. Oh, you know, um, I didn't either, actually. <laughs> so I'm pulling it up right now. Adrian <laughs> King. Adrian um, King, yes. Yes. So I think uh, Ginny is... What is she? She's, she's confident. She's capable. She's got a decent sense of humor. Uh, she seems to have a fun adult relationship going on with her, you know, boss, which whatever, you know, mm-hmm. not the end of the world. Uh, and also she's, you know, she sort of sets a template, I think, for using her wits to mm-hmm. to battle against Jason Voorhees and, uh, yeah, in, in helping sort of overcome him in the end of the movie. So that is why she makes my top three. I also want to give an honorable mention um to we mentioned uh the Jason Jason versus Carrie setup Tina Shepard from part 7 I'm a fan of as well she didn't quite make the cut for me but I want to just give a shout out to Lar Park Lincoln in that role well I'm going to give more than a shout out to her and I'm going ah. to name her my number 3 final girl now that's not a movie I was particularly fond of but I thought um her character actually being able to, I don't know, physically best Jason Mm -hmm. is the proper word, but be a formidable opponent to Jason is exciting. Uh, I wish there was more of it in the movie. It's kind of like the Mm -hmm. last 15 minutes or so, but um, yeah, she is definitely, it's fun to see somebody who can stand up to Jason in a way that you can believe can beat him. So yeah, Tina Shepard, uh, is my number three pick. Couldn't have put it better myself, Eric. Um, all right, number two on my list, hence the asterisk. My number two <laughs> final girl is uh, the famous Tommy Jarvis, portrayed across three films by Corey Feldman, John Shepard, and Tom Matthews. For the purposes of this exercise, I'm going to use Corey Feldman in the final chapter as 
he's my Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out that Tommy Jarvis is the only protagonist that figures heavily into the plot of more than one movie. We have a, a cameo here and there. Um, but, you know, this is, this is if, if there was ever a nemesis for Jason Voorhees, it's Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Um, Corey Feldman is a fun actor. He's a great child actor. Um, and again, the kind of continues that trend of using his wits, using a little bit of psychological warfare to best Jason. Um, yeah. So that is my pick for number two. Uh, that is also my pick for number two. Um, ah. for pretty much every, the uh, every one of the reasons why you just said, um, and I feel like that, that last, I guess may, is he the one? I guess maybe his sister's the one who delivers that last machete that Jason slides down. Yeah, uh, then he hacks me. his he hacks his body to pieces on yeah, the ground after exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tommy Jarvis, he is the Van Helsing. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I guess that's Creighton Duke. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. <laughs> but I do love Tommy Jarvis specifically the Corey Feldman one. All right, right on. Well, who's your number one, Eric? My number one is Ginny from part two. Oh, wow. Okay. Adrian King. Um, she is lovable, plucky, intelligent, uh, wants to be a child psychologist and uses those skills to get the better of Jason. Um, you know, she doesn't have superpowers. She just has her mm-hmm. her grit and determination. Uh, she maybe drops a couple of rough, some rough language here and there. <laughs> it's a different time. <laughs> it was a different time, but uh, you know, it's a. As we'll see, that's a movie that's I, I I enjoy immensely, and she is part of it. All right, um, my number one, at least for my co-host, I think is probably going to be a bit of a curveball. Um, so a movie that I had mixed feelings about, but. When I went back and I thought about all the, f- the the final girls, I said, you know who I just enjoyed the presence of more than anybody else was Megan Garris from Part 6, Jason Lives. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So she is, uh, and I think this is maybe, when you hear me talk about why I like Ginny so much. Like, Megan, to me, is like the natural um, sort of extension of that. She's super confident. She's got mm-hmm. a great sense of humor. Uh, she kind of... She busts a lot of people's balls. She trades ball, she trades blows with uh, Tommy Jarvis, as played by Tom Matthews. Um, she's not quite as instrumental in taking down Jason at the end of the movie because mm-hmm. it's more of a Tommy versus Jason showdown. But she does get in there and 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 finish him off. Uh, but mostly, I just love she drives around in orange. I think it's a Corvette. And, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, and she's just kind of a fun badass, and uh, and I really dug her character, and so she was my number one. That's cool. Yeah, I really like yeah. her a lot too, uh, yeah. and I definitely considered her as my for my top three. But it's funny that we both kind of zigged. We I went with Tina, yeah. you went with her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and maybe we're rubbing off on each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, we can stop the <laughs> podcast if you want. Um, Ooh. Well, so the next up, we have not top three, but our top five kills. There's too many good ones. We There's too many keep good it ones. Just three. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm gonna say my top five, and then later tonight I'm gonna be falling asleep and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have thought of yeah. this one. But this is by my uh, estimation my top five. Actually, I have six. I have an honorable mention, mm-hmm. and that is 
only available that I found on YouTube. It is the uncensored head crush death from part seven. Ah. Uh, and I recommend anybody who watches part yeah. seven, go check out the uncensored deaths because that movie was edited heavily. Uh, mm-hmm. And the violence was pretty cool, especially yeah. this this head crush is brutal. It is. I've seen it. It's pretty badass. Yeah. So that's that's my number six. Uh, okay. You, I you also have, have an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. Which I can throw out there. And I should say that for the purposes of these rankings, I am always going with the if an uncensored version exists i am that is the one that i watched and that's the one that i am using so when i say best death if there is an uncensored version of that death that's the one yeah i'm referring to that you can see not one that's just talked about you know right right uh so my honorable mention comes from part nine jason goes to hell and that is uh i forget the guy's name he's one of the police officers in the movie but after Mm -hmm. the sort of Jason Demon Worm uh, exits his body, he proceeds to completely melt and disintegrate, and it's fucking gross. Yeah, it's very, cool. very cool. <laughs> it's really cool looking. Yeah, his if jaw you're a fan sticks of sticks to the ground, it's yeah. Oh yeah, if you're a fan of body horror, um, you know this is one of the few times in this series that you get something really visceral like that, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Uh, so then, my number five uh-huh. is Mark's wheelchair death in part two. Now, for those of you who don't remember Mark, um, I don't remember who the actor who portrays him, but he's wheelchair bound, mm-hmm. and he's waiting on the porch for his his love interest to return so they could <laughs> proceed in the lovemaking. In her Jason, maroon underwear. In her maroon, <laughs> special maroon underwear. Um <laughs> And Jason pops out of nowhere, slashes him in the face with a machete. And you would yeah. think that would be enough. But no. You then see his, him in his wheelchair plummeting down backwards, down yeah. a, a steep set of stairs. In the rain. In the rain. And it kind of like <laughs> flashes, fades to white as he falls out of the chair into the yeah. air. And it is, if nothing else, it is just a humiliation. You know what I mean? It's a real like... <laughs> Jason yeah. emasculating that guy. Uh, yeah. It's really shocking. Yeah, that is uh, a great one uh, that I enjoy as well. Mark, I checked it out for you. Tom McBride is ah, the actor who yes. played Mark. Uh, I'll try to help with those as we go along. We can Google each other's names <laughs> while the other one talks. Uh, but my number five requires no Googling. Uh, this is uh, an iconic death. It's a Tom Savini classic, part one, Kevin Bacon taking an arrow up through a mattress, through his neck. Yeah. Uh, it's a great practical effect. It, it's the death of, I would say, arguably the most successful actor to ever appear in a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's. I mean, what else can I say? It's It's a total classic. It's iconic. It's not the... It's it's I mean especially considering it's the beginning of the franchise it's a creative kill and yeah I just I'm a huge fan. Me too. I love that one. Uh so then my number 4 is Axel the Morgue Worker getting his head turned all the mm. way around from part 4. It's another it's Tom Savini joint. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And when it happens it is so surprising and so <laughs> brutal. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And doesn't he use a saw on him, too? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, that is part of it. He, he it's like, like insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like one of them would have been fine, but he does right. both. Yeah, he like st- he stabs him. And so- I didn't rewatch it for this, uh, mm-hmm. but he stabs him in some way and then turns his head all the way around and like <laughs> twists. It's disgusting. Yeah. And it doesn't. And you know what? We there's another kill like that in one of the later movies, I think, and it just looks a lot jokier. Yes. Uh, if I I can't remember which it, which which one it was. I don't remember either, head. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but we get that full like 180 head twist, and it just that looks like a comedy, mm-hmm. whereas this one is is really gruesome. I think that's a great pick. Um, my number four, uh, really the highlight of the entire movie. The one of the few bright spots from Jason X uh, is the liquid nitrogen face freeze mm-hmm. and subsequent face smash. Um, uh, the character's name escapes me. Um, uh, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah, I think her name is in fact. It is a nod to Adrian King from Part Two. Mm. Um, yeah, a pointless character with no development whatsoever, but it is a cool creative death and i would also say that in a movie that has a lot of bad cgi it's one of the only instances of cgi that i think they use effectively yeah and and it looks pretty cool yeah uh so my number three you've already mentioned it it is kevin bacon's arrow through the neck um what more can i say about it it's iconic i love that one of the reasons why it's so effective in gross is because the blood pump failed and they had to blow oh, yeah. through a tube and it just kind of sprayed out, like gushed out more than spurted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the it's the kill that they play in every documentary about '80s slasher movies, and yeah. for a reason, it's it's really cool. Yeah, right on. Um, okay, my number three uh, is a little bit of an outlier because it's one of the few instances. It's not a Jason kill. It's Jason getting killed. Mm. And it is part four of the final chapter. Uh, Eric mentioned it briefly before, but I believe it's Tommy's sister. Yeah. um, Trish Trish Jarvis buries Jason's own machete in his face. And then he falls forward. The handle of the machete hits the ground and his face slides down the machete. So good. Further slicing his head in half. It is. It's a Tom Savini at his absolute best. Um, and yeah, the, it's gross and it's so fun. And I really enjoyed it. And it's definitely of all the ways that Jason supposedly dies throughout this series. It's absolutely my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so then number two for me, again, one that you've mentioned, the liquid nitrogen face smash from Jason X. Um, you know, it is one, like you said, it's one of the bright spots in that mm-hmm. movie. Um, and it's one that, you know, f- I, I remembered maybe two things about that movie. And that was certainly mm. one of them. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's per- it, there's something so creepy, just like in Demolition Man, of somebody getting frozen and smashed. It's just like, <laughs> there's something really, really disturbing about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. My number two. Uh, is one that upon rewatching the series, I mean, it definitely, I mean, I said, I said it was my number one at one point and it's dropped down a spot at least. It's not quite as effective as I remember it, but just for sheer creativity and ingenuity, I got to give it up for part seven's 
the first of really three. Uh, it was inspired at least two other kills in this series. The sleeping bag kill. Sure, yeah. From part seven, A New Blood. Uh, Jason comes upon a camper, picks her up in her sleeping bag, grabs it, swings the entire sleeping bag around, and smashes her against a tree. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, and I just think uh, the first time I ever saw it, I was, you know, a preteen, adolescent, watching this on USA, and it just, I mean, I, I, I'm not a sick person, but I cackled. Yeah, I just yeah. had... <laughs> it's, it's shocking. It's shocking, and it's funny, and I think just, it's, it's sort of, and the relationship that Jason Voorhees has with campers in general, I think it's just like... It's so iconic to me, yeah. and I think that the the fact that uh, it was sort of uh, they paid homage to it in both Jason X and in uh, the reboot, I think it goes to show you how big of a kill it, it was. Okay, so my number one, this is probably going to come as no surprise to anybody who's been listening uh, faithfully to these episodes, but it is the street sign through the tent and then dragged upwards, splitting a woman's torso <laughs> into two parts that sprays blood mid coitus. Uh, God, it is so good. It's like, uh, and this is only available in the unrated cut of, yeah. of Jason goes to hell. There's a much neutered version of it in the theatrical. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's so great. It's, you know, it might've been one of the first things I've ever seen from Friday the 13th, maybe the decapitation from, from the first movie being mm-hmm. the first, but this is like one of the first Friday movies I'd seen in its to- in total. And it just burned itself into my memory. Yeah. Um, my number one is the same. Hell yeah. uh, I didn't remember it quite as well. So when it happened, it shocked me even more. And yeah, it's, I mean, Eric described it perfectly. It's gross. It's insane. Uh, and it all happened because they decided to have unprotected sex. So yeah. remember to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wrapping it up, we're going to wrap it up in the next segment. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Okay, here we go. This is going to be... This is hard. This was, was hard to do. It was not easy. Not easy. Uh, but we're gonna um, talk. We're gonna talk it out. We're gonna have. We're gonna have this debate. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really talk about this ahead of time. Do we have? We have to cohere at the end on a on yeah, a definitive we? ranking. Yeah. Okay. Don't we? Oh, we man. do. I didn't even consider that. So yeah, that's obviously gonna make this process interesting. That's um, gonna be hard. <laughs> Well, I feel like I've I feel like in my ranks I've already made what I would what I believe to be a couple we'll call them concessions um, sure. to just like take into account what you had to say about the movies cuz you know even you know it's we had some clear divides on a lot of these more so yes. Way more than we've had in any of the previous series that we've done. Yes. Um, but I say let's just get into it. Let's let's go back and forth. We can list ours, and then we yeah. can tr- we can try to to meld this thing into uh, a definitive ranking. 
Okay. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Well, go first. Go for it. Okay. So for me, my wor- my pick for number 11, mm-hmm. 11 being the worst, is a movie that nobody asked for in his pretty much unsatisfying and it is one of the few movies in the series that i say you could just pretend it doesn't exist and you would be none the you'd be fine uh-huh and that is part five a new beginning okay um yeah we're gonna have some stuff we gotta figure out here oh no <laughs> Okay. Um, do you want to? Yeah. Uh, why don't want it for you know for the audience and and for the sure. point of this debate? Why don't you speak to just a little bit more what what um, you uh, what really rubs you the wrong way about part five? There are some really over the top performances that were incredibly annoying. Uh, the two Hicks, the mother yeah. and son, mm-hmm. were just screeching the whole time. It is played very big by everybody mm-hmm. um but it's not exactly a comedy it's not not really meant to be funny sure um then of course no jason just a tommy jarvis who barely speaks um and this is the one where roy makes his his <laughs> grand debut sure yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i guess if there's any wiggle room for me mm-hmm. it is that it, it is an 80s movie which right. kind of i'm gonna be more forgiving of it sands but down I the, think, the sharp edges a little bit yeah yeah it does but i really like this is skippable completely mm-hmm. like if you're watching the series not to say that like you know i don't want to ruin any of my next picks but like my next pick is probably one you could skip as well mm-hmm. but it, at least it has jason in it you know <laughs> all right that's a good point um i mean i think they're all valid points i think something in the past, when we've done these, I've given an exhaustive explanation of what my criteria for ranking are, and I'm not going to go that deep into it here. But I will say that, like, when I try to evaluate these, I do have things that I'm looking for. And, like, one of the things that... I don't know. It's just... You know what? I'll save it for when I get to part five. Um Sure. But I do think, I'll say this, like with where part five is in my rankings, it could come down to meet you in the middle for sure. Okay. Um, But we'll get there when we get there. Because my number 11, my least favorite of all of these films is Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. Um, And I can go into a little bit of detail on this one. The reason why I dislike this one so much is because it is a movie defined by failure. Um, Like, part five is uh, an obnoxious film in many parts. It makes some really misguided choices. But part eight is a failure to even execute the things that they tried to do. Uh Um, And that, to me... And so, so, like, when I think of part eight... The huge strikes against it are I fucking hate everything in fake Manhattan. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the sets are dark and gross. They look like shit. They don't look anything like New York City. Uh, they're all a false promise of what this movie wants you to think it's going to be. 
Yeah. I think that uh, one of the most prominent characters in the entire movie, which I forget his name, but the teacher uh, slash uncle uh-huh, character. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Charlie or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, is the most annoying character in this entire franchise. I hate yes. his I He's hate barely his presence. A human. Yes, exactly. I think the kills in this one are not impressive. Uh, It is very neutered. I also think that the whole running sideline of the ghost of young Jason is just confusing and (laughs) never has any real... Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense, even by the end of the movie. Um, And, yeah, just overall, it's, it's a movie that it fails so hard to deliver on its promise of being a Jason in New York movie uh, that it's like fun to joke about how it's on a cruise ship, but it's like, it's a, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. And this is like even more so than part five, part eight is the only one that I watched and had like a truly unpleasant time because I was frustrated with the film. Um, um, you know, I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. So much because that is my next. That's my number ten. Okay, is part eight, and like I said, I struggled kind of the most with the bottom yeah. picks. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to drop it to eleven okay. and bring bring five up to my ten spot. Okay, uh, because I think everything you just said is absolutely true, and it. It's just a, it. It sucks on every yeah. fucking level. Yeah. It really does. That uncle is like enough to make it. Like what? That imagine a movie with the hick from part five and the uncle. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, god! Like an odd couple pairing. Oh, that would be dear Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I also think like we kind of had fun talking about part eight, and I had fun watching it at points. But it was yeah. like it was like mystery science theater fun. It was yes. all at the expense of the movie. None of it was because of anything the movie did right. It was all yeah. laughing at how badly it did things. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So I have a running. I've got a spreadsheet here. I'll share. Yeah, it with I've you. got a. I've got a pad of paper here too. So. Okay. My now my new number eleven is part eight. Your current number eleven is part eight, and then part five goes to my ten. Yeah, I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna keep track of ours. Okay. That we originally had, and then I have a combined one for the two of us. So okay, okay. Um, but you do it any way you want to on your sheet. I'm gonna. I want to for posterity. I don't want you to feel like you have to change your rankings so much as those will be our combined rankings. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you give me your number ten? My number ten was part eight. Oh right. That's right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I should go to my number ten. All right, and this is where I would say these next three is where we get into some wiggle room for me. So we might have to do uh-huh. some. I'm, we might do some retooling, and I'm not. I'm okay with that. Um, I will say this: my list looks like such. There's eleven movies. There are six movies, and then there is what I call the dividing line of marathon rewatchability. <laughs> yeah, okay. and then below that are five more movies. Um, and so essentially what that means is I've said, if I was going to say, let's do a, a Friday the 13th marathon for Halloween. Yeah. Let's watch six movies. I would say, let's watch the six that are on the top of my list. The five that are below it, I have no reason to ever watch again, unless 
there's someone's forcing me to, or for some insane reason, we have to repeat this exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Pretty much. I have six. Mm. Yeah. I'm pretty much on this in the same mm-hmm. boat as you. You're kind of more on the fence, maybe about your sixth choice about, about my sixth choice. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But it's still like a fun movie to watch. So I'd probably mm-hmm. would throw it in. There. Yeah. Um, well, so in a, in a nice little bit of synchronicity, my number 10 is number 10, Jason X. Um, mm-hmm. This one, I know some people, you know, maybe yourself included, kind of enjoy it for its more tongue-in-cheek tone. But as somebody who, for better or worse, tends to focus a lot on the aesthetics of these films um, and the sort of look and feel of them, this... Mm-hmm. Jason X commits the following sins. One, it feels nothing like a Friday the 13th movie. Uh-huh. Um, two, it doesn't even look like a movie. It looks like a low-budget science fiction TV movie or TV show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, and number three... The cast sucks. It's like, uh huh. It's like they're bad actors. Um, it looks cheap. It has one really good kill in it, but it just like it doesn't feel anything like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and that's definitely part of my scoring criteria. And so again, when we go back to like why I have Part Five a little bit higher than you do, I think partially because it's in the eighties, partially because it takes place in a certain geographical location. It feels more like a Friday movie in that it's, like, easier for me. If it's going to be shitty, I want it to feel like a certain kind of shitty. And this is a whole other different kind of shitty, and it just didn't work mm-hmm. for me. Uh, so that's your number 10. That's my number 10. That's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> because my number 9 is Jason X. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, man, it's it's... It's too quippy. It it's thinks it's too clever. Mm-hmm. It's looks like fucking garbage. <laughs> the actors are all like annoyingly beautiful in a like half baked way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like they're like Canadian right. CW stars. <laughs> yeah, it's worse, <laughs> which is like a little bit worse. <laughs> Sorry to our neighbors to the north. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just, it's not very fun to watch. It's plotting in points. Mm-hmm. There's space marines, <laughs> which normally is something I enjoy, but not these guys. No. Uh, even the part that I thought was the highlight, which was the VR scene, watching it now, it just did not hit for me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I pretty pretty much agree with you for everything you just said. All right. Uh, it's just... Again, so I said fart, part five, fart five, <laughs> part five, you could not watch and you mm-hmm. would, you know, you'd be just fine understanding right. the lore of Friday the 13th part. Jason X is in the same boat as that. Like you can stop at Jason goes to hell. You're, oh, and then Freddy versus yeah. Jason, if you want to do that mm-hmm. uh, and you're fine, you don't need to watch part X. Absolutely. I agree. Um, okay. So we're going to still have. I mean, for the purposes of our combined rankings, I think we'll have to come back to these next three and figure out where some of them are sure. going to slot in. Um, so I'll go right ahead to my number nine pick, 
Um, which, you know, this, this is certainly one that I'm willing to be moved on. But just in terms of, again, I kind of focused on the general shoddiness of these, uh, of the installments that have really not worked for me. And along those lines, I think another one that is just a real failure is part three. Uh, the 3D, uh, mm-hmm. which I know is one I think for a lot of people ends up closer to the middle of their lists. Some of that may be sort of 80s favoritism and some of that is, you know, it is, it's early in the series. So it feels more like kind of maybe before things got out of hand with the sequels. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you know, not to spoil too many of my rankings, but there's so much fucking whiplash for me going from part yeah. two, which I like, to part three, which is pure trash, to part four, which I like. And it's just like, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It really does, yeah. And I think we talked about it at length when we did the reviews, but so much of it you can probably pin to to really three things for me. And one is poor casting that was done entirely based on looks uh, with no regard mm-hmm. for acting ability. Uh, two... Uh, a really bad location uh, that just does not look or feel like um, Camp Crystal Lake. And number three, uh, and first, really the biggest one, last but not least, is the amount of time and effort they spent on 3D gags, which, at least if you're watching it under normal circumstances, pay no dividends. So yeah, yeah, that's my that's my spiel on part three. Okay, um, so my. Now for part eight, we're, we're uh, eighth place for me. Uh, this one, I am going with Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. Now, th- this is probably one of the most infamous episodes of Killstreak. <laughs> uh, Jason Goes to Hell tries to reinvent the wheel lore-wise with Jason. Mm-hmm. We suddenly have a body jumping demon that inhabits Jason Voorhees. And that's Mm -hmm. the reason why he keeps coming back after all these years. We suddenly have this importance to familial connections where he's hunting down the last two surviving Voorhees and only a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees and from a Voorhees be he born or whatever the fuck. There's magical daggers that he has to be stabbed with. There's a cowboy named Creighton Duke who's hunting him, a bounty hunter who knows everything about Jason, but we've Mm -hmm. never seen him before. He's barely justified. Um, I would be fine with one of these things. I'm not asking him to make the same movie Mm -hmm. over and over again. And even I said, if, if this weren't a Friday the 13th movie, I would have enjoyed it way more. But the Mm -hmm. fact that it is number nine of these movies and we're all of a sudden in fucking crazy land drove me insane. Uh, But there's, like I said, there is fun to be had with this movie. But as a Friday the 13th movie, I think it fails. Okay. I think those are all cogent points. Uh, For me, my eighth place film... Now we have finally gotten to your much hated part five, a new mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, so I think Eric summed up most of the reasons why this movie sucks. Um, so instead, I'll kind of I'll here I'll, I'll give my reasoning for why it's four spots higher than last. I think there's uh, a lot of nudity. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It uh, it's good nudity. It's good nudity. It's quality nudity, and the quantity is high. Um, I think that it looks. You know, I talked about this, and uh, you know, I wish I I wish I was served with better vocabulary to talk about the cinematic you know the cinematography of a film but i'll just say that it looks good i like the sets i like the setting um it feels like a professional film in the way that uh the three that i just talked about before this do not Mm -hmm. um and i i think in the case of and this is something that i think you'll see borne out when i talk about part nine as well i think for me personally i'm not as bothered by these big departures from the normal story of a friday the 13th film because there's Mm -hmm. so many of them like you Mm -hmm. said with part nine we're nine movies deep in a series and so i i give a certain amount of leeway to to do different things with the plot and to take it in different directions because you know it mixes things up to a certain degree um, that being said, I think that most of the choices that they made were bad ones. Um, and like, there are other ways you could try to switch things up, um, that would not make for such an unpleasant viewing experience. So to be clear, I still do not like part five, but for me, when I put this list together solo, this is where it landed. Okay. Oop. I bumped my computer. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. I can. Um, okay then. So for part for number seven for me, I actually just made a quick change on the fly. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, because it's been so long since I've seen this entry uh-huh. and you brought up some good points. I switched to, I did the old switcheroo for part three. Okay. Um, originally that was one slot higher for me. It was in my sixth slot, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, <clears throat> you really refresh my memory. I found Shelly to be an annoying character who wasn't believable, even though he was sympathetic. Mm-hmm. He was sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, but he acted like a 12 year old boy. Yeah. The main girl has barely any charisma. I much preferred Vera or whatever. And that's only because she's like, a shining light in a not great cast. Yeah. You know, we're moving from the theater actors of part one and two to just like LA actors. Just like the commercial looks actors. Like shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. We that have lake. a biker gang for some reason. Yeah. That lake straight up. I mean, honestly, like poison the well for me. Once we, once I saw that, I was like, fuck this. This looks yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, part, uh, my number seven is part three. Okay, cool. Um, my number seven, uh, and the last of the films that fall under my dividing line of marathon rewatchability. And I'd say it's fairly close. Uh, this isn't one that I'm like, fuck this movie, never watch it again. Uh, is the 12th and final installment, uh, the 2009 reboot that we just covered in our last episode. I think okay. that, um, you know, I talked about this at length, obviously, in our previous episode, but in case you didn't listen to it, it just, um, I think it succeeds in some ways at um, trying to evoke, like, the feel and the emotion and obviously, like, the plot of a Friday the 13th movie, but it mm-hmm. goes about it with a particularly... Uh, modern Michael Bayesian style that just rubs me the wrong way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, it tries to, similarly to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, it's so preoccupied with adding um, emotional and psychological depth to a character who doesn't need it. Um it's fine if you want to make that kind of movie, but that's not a Friday the 13th movie. We talked about this. Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees is supposed to be a shark, right? He's supposed mm-hmm. to be a mindless killing machine. Uh, and this new movie spends way too much time trying to sort of vaguely humanize him, even though he is still a serial murderer. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it just didn't quite work for me. And so you're, you're more okay with him being a little bit more human than you are with him having a worm that lives inside of him that possesses people. Absolutely. Yes. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. true. Um, <laughs> which I can address those points very soon. Okay. Um, how about you? So number that, six, number six for me, uh, one that I thought a lot about since we recorded our episode on it, and I think I was overly harsh on it. Um, so my number six is part seven, A New Blood. Okay. Um, I Like I said before, Tina ends up being one of my top three final girls. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I like the concept of Carrie versus Jason. Mm-hmm. And I like the last 20 minutes of Tina versus Jason. The, uh, the final reveal of the father, you know saving her and then like the opening is a little bit confusing yeah. and like the t- the biggest problem i had with this movie was the teen characters the partying mm-hmm. house next door like we barely get to know anybody before sure. they're killed um so in that way it feels like a middle of the road friday movie with the best part being the psych like a telekinetic mm-hmm. girl fighting jason yeah yeah. Uh, no, that all makes sense. And yeah, uh, I totally hear you. Um, for me, in uh, the number six slot, is it six or five now? One, six. two, three, four, six. Okay. Great, great, great. I just have to adjust my spreadsheet here. I didn't allow for enough columns. Hmm. Or sorry, rows. <laughs> <laughs> So, in my number six slot, and the first movie coming in above the dividing line, this one would be in my Friday the 13th marathon, is part nine, Jason Goes to Hell. Um, So, if you listen to the podcast, you know Eric and I are on different sides of this coin. Um, While you were talking, I tried to kind of just write down my, what was coming to my head as like, the reasons why not to rebut you so much as to explain why I wasn't as bothered by the things that maybe you're that you you were so bothered by. Yeah. Definitely drastic departures in the plot in terms of this demon worm heart uh, and the supernatural elements and the family elements. But to give some credit to all of that, um, I find that as far fetched as all of that stuff is that the kind of plot retconning that it does serves the whole series. Like it is in essence, the writers cooked up 
like a supernatural structure that could possibly explain everything that we've seen that's come before this movie. Right? Sure. I, I don't want to interrupt you mm-hmm. other than to say if this movie were successful, yeah, we could have seen a drastically new series of movies. If, yeah. If, but otherwise, it, it just was panned. It was torn sure. apart. So. Yeah, and they went back yeah. to what worked for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more, it's just like, if you take big, weird swings like this, for instance, you take something like A New Beginning, like A New Beginning doesn't serve any of the movies that come before it. Um, whereas this one, I think, at the very least, is saying like, it 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 tries to make sense in its weird way, right? Uh-huh. It, it 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 almost it provides for a plot structure that would explain why Jason is able to come back to life and why he is the way he is, but not in a deep. And this is the difference for me. It's like I don't want emotional psychological explanations for this stuff. I love sure. that it's a fucking demon and that you have to do like a ritual because I love horror movies. I love pulpy horror and I love shit like this. Okay. And it's like for me and this is a personal a matter of personal taste, but it's like I don't want to see more serial killer movies. I want to see more demon movies, you know? I want to sure, see yeah. the unexplained. I want to see the unnatural, the supernatural. And so that's why the stuff in the reboot rubs me the wrong way, whereas this doesn't, because, you know, th- we talked about this a little bit in the episode, but there was uh, this idea from the screenwriters and the director that maybe they were eventually going to tie Friday the 13th into the Evil Dead series, because uh-huh. that's the kind of like the that Jason would be almost like a deadite. And like that stuff's fun. I just think that's fun. And even though it's a big swing and it mostly and it and it kind of misses, it you know, I just think I think it's like a fun thing to add to the series that I enjoy the like the addition of. Sure. Um, the, it does have a lunacy about it that is fun to watch. Right. And so speaking of that kind of lunacy, like in your pan of it, you called out Creighton Duke, but like you loved that character. That guy's fun. And I do. Yeah, no, weird, I, yeah, you know. Like I said, if it wasn't a mm-hmm. Friday movie, I would like it. Yeah. I would like it. Totally I could, fair. I, I could enthusiastically say, like, yeah, fucking check out yeah. the final Friday or whatever, you know, it, right. that version would be called. Um, yeah. Okay, here's my next. Uh, def- here's. I have a couple more things. Sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. My next defense of part nine, my hottest of hot takes, best kills in the entire series. For a whole yeah, movie, that, that is true. Yes, right. Yes. So you gotta you gotta add points for that somewhere, and so that's part of why I have it so high. Um, and I also think, you know, to my weird nebulous point about the cinematography and the feeling of professionalism and uh, good production value, I think this is a good looking movie. It feels like it. I, it looks good. The opening is a ton of fun. Uh, it definitely fucks some stuff up, but I think it it stands out as like a weird entry that I don't hate. Whereas all the other really weird entries, I do hate. Because everything else from here to the top is going to be, for me, something that sticks much closer to the core formula of what a Friday the 13th movie is. So yeah. this is the one black sheep that I enjoyed. That, well said. Well said. Um. So something you mentioned in your defense of that is that they it would have been cool if they if they actually could succeed in tying it to the Evil Dead yeah series. Uh, well, my part five successfully ties 
the Friday the 13th universe with the Transformers universe <laughs> with the character of Trent. So I, I think uh-huh. points are added to that. Now, my number five is the reboot. Um, okay. The the douchey characters give you a little bit of tonal whiplash. Um, it's one that I can't like wholeheartedly recommend, mm. but I did enjoy watching it. I, I, you know, we, we talked, we just talked about this. Some, some of the deaths are a little too brutal, even for Jason Voorhees. Right. Uh, but I think it is the scariest of all of the movies. Um, maybe that's because we're just watching it with modern eyes. It's a yeah. modern movie. Uh, and I really like I like the portrayal of Jason. I think Derek Mears did a great job as Jason, and I like and I did like the humanizing of of Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just kind of where Price and I just have two different opinions on this sure. kind of thing, and that's what makes us beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. So my number five slot, the reboot. All right. Well, it's interesting that you said that you think it's the scariest of the series because I think you're not far off. I think I would probably say. It's the second scariest. And the one that I, after some reflection, have decided is probably the scariest one is my number five. The original. The very first. Friday the 13th. Sure. Um, and I think the thing the thing you have to take into account here is that this is a, an entirely different kind of movie than what this series goes on to become. Um, it is... It is a slasher film, but it's a slasher in the mold of just, like, they are trying to scare you. There's a lot of jump scares. It's supposed to be sort of dark and spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that the performance of Mrs. Voorhees by Betsy Palmer is one that is done well. Um, I think she's a really creepy character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there is, if you're lucky enough, I mean, you're not going to know now, uh, if you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know if you're if you were somehow able to go into this movie with fresh eyes for the first time i think that twist that reveal that happens in her scene is truly unnerving and mm-hmm. i think that between this and part two those are those are the ones that are still trying to be kind of scary and then yes we go back to that in part 12 so i don't know where i would put it, I, I would have to think about it harder if I was ranking in scariness, but those would be my top three for sure, one, two, and 12. Um, part one, the reason it's at number five on my list and not higher is, I mean, it's not really even the fault of the movies. It's like, this is a series about Jason Voorhees, and he's not really a part of this movie. Um, yeah. And I also think that the tone is... While it's not, it's done fairly well, it's just not quite right. It's not as fun as I would like these movies to be. Um, and it's just missing a lot of the hallmarks that the series comes to embrace. And mm-hmm. so for that reason, it's definitely on my list. I w- would totally watch it on Halloween. But uh, yeah, number five feels just about right for me. Uh, yeah, I'm not far off because that's my number four pick okay. is uh, part one. It's it's the one it's the Friday movie that I've seen the most. Um, just by virtue of having owned it on VHS when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, it really does have a, a, a place in my heart. Um, but this time around watching, uh, watching these with a critical eye, it did fall a few slots yeah. uh, in my opinion, as you'll see. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it, 
it is an oddball because as with part five doesn't have Jason in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does, but you know, he's not the killer. Right. Um, and it, it is a little bit tonally darker than a lot of like, they're trying to make a scary kind of straightforward movie. And then from that point on, it just went into fucking crazy land you know yeah, I mean? yeah. For, with each sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it turns out I enjoy the crazier ones more, you know? Yeah, Totally. Um, very cool. Okay. My number four. Um, and so now we're really getting into it. I, and I will say this, that these next four for me, um, I think are, they're, they're good. I like them. Mm -hmm. Like we only started doing Mary fuck kill towards the end of the series. But I think that this one that I'm going to, that I'm going to put right now in the number four slot is like a borderline Mary fuck. And then my top three are straight Marys. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think I'm going to have some controversy in here. Uh, You know, if you're counting at home, you know what's left. Uh, And shocker, Eric probably still waiting for me to drop a new blood. Not yet, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Number, Number four for me is... One of the most beloved installments in this entire series, part six, Jason Lives, okay. um, which is a movie that I want to I want to preface with this. I am guilty of being poisoned by popular opinion and having expectations, maybe not necessarily meeting up with my experience. And I think that part six is one. I I made my rankings independently. Didn't want to look at anybody else's. And then afterwards, last night, I did some Googling around and wanted to see, you know, we're not the first or even the hundredth people to publicly rank the Friday the 13th movies. This one is number one on so many fucking people's lists. It is, yeah. And honestly, that kind of blows my mind because I think it's a fun movie. Uh, Here, the things I like about it... um, It's got some cool action. I think it's got a fun portrayal of Jason. I like the supernatural element. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the idea that they decided to bring back Tommy Jarvis again, although Tom Matthews is not great. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we like him because he's in Return of the Living Dead, but I don't think he does a great job in this movie. Right. Um, And there are some fun things in this that I did think were funny. Um, However... There are a lot of funny things in this movie that didn't land for me. And, like, that really bogs down a movie. Like, for me, like, a lot of comedy that doesn't make me laugh um, makes something tougher to sit through. This one Mm. has no fucking nudity in it. Are you kidding Mm -hmm. me? Like, I don't know who these people are that are sitting down to rank Friday the 13th movies and going, number one, the, the only one with no nudity. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something you don't care about, and that's fine. Like, factor that into your list. But on my list, that shit matters. Uh, also, I think in terms of violence, this is a very neutered one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like low on my list for good kills. It's lowest on my list for good TNA. Um, and I think tonally, it goes too far in the fun direction. Uh, it just needs to dial it back in a little bit. Now, all this sounds very negative, but this is, to be clear, this is number four on my list. I like this movie. I had a good time watching it. 
So this is really, this is like my dissertation on why I think it's crazy to put this number one. And I think that number four feels like a good solid spot for it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, it's, it's my number three. That's my number three pick is yeah. part six. Uh, I, as you know, I think I liked it more. I found mm-hmm. humor a little more like successful with me, but yeah, it is like a pretty bloodless affair and no nudity definitely does count for something. Um, I don't think it's the f- best one <laughs> at all. You yeah. know, like, even though it's number three for me, the, the next two are like head and shoulders yeah. above it the ending specifically is like pretty bad mm-hmm. like tommy's plan oh my god it's uh, a to huge kill Jason mess yeah is fucking dumb but still i had a ton of fun with the movie right um yeah so i'm mm-hmm. kind of right there with you maybe just a little more enthusiastic because the humor yeah. hit for me a little more and this is the one with the jason uh, the I almost said Jason Bourne, the James Bond <laughs> opening. So you yeah. kind of know what you're in for right at the beginning. Right. Um, okay. My number three, I won't toy with your emotions any longer, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought about this pretty hard. Um, and I did think about the sort of peer pressure effect, not just from you as my co-host, but also just like how this movie is generally perceived in the series. I looked deep inside my heart. I read the plot synopsis again. I watched some of my favorite kills. And I'll be clear about this. This movie is getting a little bit of a boost from the aforementioned deleted kills. Uh-huh. Which don't actually appear if you watch the film. But if we take in the experience of watching the movie and, and knowing about those kills and having seen the footage of them, Part 7, A New Blood... Honestly, I just had a fun time watching this movie. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I really enjoyed it. And I was, and, and again, to go back to this idea of expectations versus reality, I think it probably got a boost because this was supposed to be bad. And mm-hmm. I liked it. And then part six was supposed to be good. And I was like, it's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And so this is one that I feel fondly towards because it, it outperformed my expectations. I think that the Jason versus Carrie elevator pitch is a good one. Like Eric very eloquently pointed out, uh, Tina makes a really good foe for Jason, um, especially when she's, you, you know, in the last 20 minutes of the film. Kane Hodder is good. The special effects in this are really cool. Um, the stuff he does at, at the time, the longest controlled burn ever on film. She sends nails flying through the air, house blows up, a porch collapses, mm-hmm. a deck collapses. It does get stupid in parts, but like Dr. Cruz, um, bad news Cruz, Terry Kaiser is a fun character. It has the iconic sleeping bag kill. It has lots of sex. It has some good nudity. It's a really, it's like a really core Friday the 13th plot for me because the partying teenagers drinking drugs sex and jason kills all of them and i think one of the ways in which you and i eric really differed on this one is i for whatever reason did like these teen characters i liked Uh the way they handled them where it was like we don't have time to get to know all of them but they don't do like weird expository stuff to like make clear who's who they're just there 
they right, just right. they just kind of inhabit their own characters at this house and it's like you put it actually really well i think when i listened back to our episode on part seven that you kind of get introduced to these characters the same way she would get introduced to them just showing up at a party full of people that you don't really know like mm, that's they, true yeah and but i mean at the end of the day it comes down to a gut feeling and it's like i had more fun watching this movie than any of the eight movies that preceded it on my list and so that is why it's here at number three and there's just something that you know there's just some sort of internal magic that happens when you just see something that you it's hard to vocalize like no i just had a really good time with it yeah that's i really liked it um well said well said okay so my next two my top two Mm mm-hmm these ones I ha- I struggle with, and I still yeah. struggle with. But I think I have it locked in. Okay. Man. They're definitely okay. the best of the best. Let's be clear They're about that. They're definitely the best of the best. What, whatever order they land in, on your list, on mine, on the final list, these, yeah. are, these are the quintessential Friday the 13th movies to me. Yes. Uh, I agree. Uh, so in the deuce hole, we have part two. For me. Okay. This, uh, I mean, I love this movie. I, mm-hmm. I think I watched it twice in 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching part two. Um, for some reason, I didn't remember how good it was. Mm-hmm. And so coming off of part one and seeing it, I was like, wow, this is so fun. Jeannie's a great character. It has a, it's a breeziness about it. Mm-hmm. The characters are like each other. You believe them, that they're friends with each other and want to be around each other, which makes it all the much more scary and yeah. um, sad when Jason starts killing them. Excuse me. I'm like... <laughs> Eric's getting choked up. <laughs> getting choked up here, guys. I just love it so much. The final screen appearance of Ralph. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy part two. It's it's one of the best ones. Okay. Well, Eric, we've really got our work cut out for us today. Uh, okay. In the second slot, I have part four, the final chapter. Sure. sure. Um, and I don't know. I mean, again, how many times can we say this? This movie's great. I really liked it. I know it's my number two. But it's got so much going for it. It's got the best cast, I think, of any movie uh, yeah. in this whole series. Um, in terms of we have real actors. It this is this one even more so than part two is at the top of my nebulous. Which one looks the best? List and this is the one that feels and looks the best to me mm. out of all of them. And it was certainly at this point in the series it was their biggest most prestigious effort um Mm -hmm. it's still a crazy movie it has some of the best nudity it has fun fun characters Mm -hmm. getting up to wild hijinks it manages to mix up the formula by introducing the Jarvis family and Tommy Jarvis in particular so it's not Mm -hmm. it doesn't end in the way every other movie ends um it's got crispin glover it's got that x factor baby Um, yeah it's got tom savini yeah and of course it has i mean i think this is probably uh you know i said number nine is my number one for kills this might be number two 
Um, yeah. I think yeah. this is number two for me. Uh, and it just like, it's got the right tone and it, and it hits all the right notes. It knows what you want out of a Friday the 13th movie and it delivers. So that's my number two. Well said. Well, I mean, guess it's no mystery that that is part four is my number one. Um, for everything you just said, I think it has some of the best kills in the series. Uh, some of the best acting in the series. Um, I enjoyed all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis. You know, I love his little monster masks. I like that he's yeah. a horror fan. Kind of add just another element to it. Um, yeah, I I think it looks great. You come in, you start the movie with that helicopter shot, and all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, coming especially coming from part three, <laughs> yeah. which is like overly lit and yeah. like not really a lot of camera moves. You're like, oh shit, okay, we're in a movie here. This mm-hmm. is a movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So part four, I love it. Like I said, part part two and four both are like, yeah. They're pretty neck and neck with me. I know we have our mm-hmm. work cut out for us, yeah. uh, but they're both to be celebrated. Yeah. So it goes without saying, my number one, my favorite of the whole series is part two. Um, I think Eric said most of what I have to say about this movie. I think this one, I mean, it's crazy to me that this one ended up where it was because I was like, well, you can't have one without the hockey mask is the best one. But right. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, the hockey mask is... It, it's part of the look. It's cool, but it's like, that doesn't make the movie good. Um, and right. this one is just, it's got the perfect tone. It's still a little scary more so than, you know, most of the movies that come after it. Uh, it's got a great cast. I really have fun with all of them. Um, you know, even like the kind of geeky weirdo stew is super likable and he's a fun addition to the movie. The relationships are solid. The nudity is good. The kills are pretty good. It's got a. It's got. I'm maybe one of the best endings. I think of all of them. I think. I think the mm-hmm. Ginny showdown with Jason in his cabin, and then as confusing as it is, the the sort of fake out. Is it real? Isn't it? With Jason yeah, unmasked. Paul? Yeah, unmasked, jumping through the window. It's a truly shocking moment, and mm-hmm. yeah, this movie just has everything I wanted, and it's it's it, yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna watch it again because I really like it, and that is all I have to say. Awesome. Well, let's let's take a second and let's run through our own personal lists. Okay. Uh, just to refresh everybody. So for me, my number one, part four. My number two is part two. My number three is part six. Can I make a suggestion? Like, sure. <laughs> just to make it. Full sl- titles? Uh, no, I was just going to say, don't say my number one, my number two. I would just go in order because to hear so many numbers becomes numbers, yeah, sure. sort of like. Okay. So your number one is part four and then in descending order. But it's also order. part two, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is my list from the top to the bottom, best to worst. Part four, part two. Part six, part one, the reboot, part seven, part three, Jason goes to hell, Jason X, Jason takes Manhattan, and part five. And my list, number one is part two, followed by four, then part seven, part six, part one, Jason goes to hell, the reboot, part five, part three, 
Jason X, and Jason takes Manhattan. All right. So I have a couple okay. proposals right off yes. the bat because I'm looking at them lined up with each other. Maybe we get the biggest, most controversial question out of the way first. What are your sure. personal feelings on our combined rankings having a tie? For number one? For number one. Or... Yeah. You know, I I would just assume, because like I said, this is something I struggled with. Mm-hmm. I would probably just assume move part two up to my part one in part four down to my part two. I mean, I think that's like a very gracious thing for you to do, but it's also pretty easy for me to go the other way. Sure. Okay. Which, yeah. So I think we're both, you both sort of in agreement. Do you hate the idea of a tie? No. Cause I think that would be doing the most service to our listeners because I think both of us are so close on these two. Yeah, Um, I agree. And I think the thing that's important is, is like they offer different experiences. Um, if one, if, if they were very similar, I mean, obviously they're similar cause they're Friday movies, but like the tone's a little different. The look is different. The things that make it great are a little different. And I just think like, I, I want to tell everybody like, you don't have a choice. You have to watch both of these. If you're trying to watch the best Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Okay. I'm comfortable with that. Okay. So we will say that part two and part four are tied for the, first place sounds good to me okay um okay then my next proposal was we have two spots on this list where we have so we have um yeah i'm looking at part nine like i have it two spots higher than you have it so we could just meet in the middle and put it right in between and I that think sounds we, good. And it, yeah, so, and then there's one other that's like that, which is, which one? Part twelve. Jason X. Uh, the reboot. Part twelve. Yeah. The reboot. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, with our whole list, I have the tie at the top, and then part eight all the way at the bottom, and then in between that is madness. <laughs> So what I'm I'm proposing is saying, okay, the reboot, you have it at six, I have it at nine, at eight, let's just put it at seven. Okay. Sound good? Yep. Okay. And then we're gonna reboot do at seven. and then we're gonna do the same thing with Jason Lives. I have it at seven. Or not Jason Lives, sorry, Jason goes to hell. I have it at seven, you have it at nine, let's put it at eight. Okay. Does that work for you? Yep. Okay. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? What comes next? So then, I think. I mean, we're both in agreement that Jason. Okay. So, looking at this list, mm-hmm. there is no way in hell <laughs> that Jason X uh-huh. is above the reboot. I agree. Yeah. There's no way Jason X is part six. No. I think an argument can be... But that would make... Okay. Well, we have Jason X currently at 10 and 11, respectively. Oh, so we have an 11 slot. We're not doing 10 slots. 10... I have 11 slots. Because it's 1, 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Like, you skip three. Uh-huh. Or you skip two oh, okay. when you have a tie, right? So yeah, three, yeah, yeah. four... Or sorry. 
three, four, five. Um, okay. So right now we have vacant spots for three, four, five, six, and nine and ten. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this right now because I think this is gonna make everybody's life easier. There's no way I'm gonna talk you into keeping a new blood at number three. So yeah. and since I have part six at number four, I think then the, clearly we can just say that for our combined rankings, part, part six, six would move up to number three on my list. Sure, sure. And so we can slot that one in at number three. Okay. I, I yeah, that sounds good to me. So then, um, so then it's just sort of like a battle between part seven and part one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to have that conversation yet. Okay. Um, let's look at the last two slots we have. Sure, sure. I think since there's a pretty big separation for us, like we we have part ten at ten and eleven respectively. You have part eight at 11 i have part three at 10 and both of us are pretty far off on the other well no that's not true i think part eight sorry i gotta remember that we've moved that out to the bottom yeah so I, yeah i moved part eight to the bottom right so then the only candidates for nine and ten are jason x and a new beginning we just have to decide what order they go in um you know, I've sort of talked myself a new beginning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, originally was my worst one. Right. But really kind of thinking about it next to Jason X comparatively, mm-hmm. I would rather watch a new beginning. Yeah. So sure. I think so I think Jason X has to be in 10. Okay. Then that clears that up. And then we have part 5 a new beginning at number 9. Okay. So then we have four, five, and six. Um, I'm willing to give part seven the number four slot. Okay. If you're willing to do that, I will happily take it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because, you know, I I like all your reasoning. I do like, I feel like I haven't been kind to like some of the Mm -hmm. more oddball sequels here. And I think of all of them, this is the one that I like the most. Okay. Uh, and I appreciate, I do appreciate when a series takes a swing. Not so, that swing doesn't always land, but you know. Okay. Well. So awesome. then that would mean part one is the five slot. Mm-hmm. And then part three is number six. There we go. Okay, I feel pretty good about this list. Yeah, I think. Looking at our combined list, the only one that sticks out for me is part three being as high as it is. I think. Yeah, because I had it at number seven and you had it at number nine. I I think. Okay. So we need to move 12 and nine up and put part three or at least 12 has to move above part three at the very least. Which would move part three down to seven. And then it's just yeah. a question of part three versus part nine. And I think you've you've made some you've made some fine concessions here, so I'm willing to let part three sit. But the crazy thing is because of the way that we've pulled each other up and down, part three now sits higher than 
either one of us or no you did have it at number seven okay so it's at your ranking of number seven so that makes sense mm-hmm. i was just gonna say it'd be, it'd be crazy if it was like higher it's than higher than yeah, either yeah, of us, either ranked, of us it. ranked it <laughs> yeah all right um so i think we have a list of 11 do you want to read it off sure we have a tie for first place between part two and part four the final chapter uh, and then next up, we have part six, Jason Lives. Then we have part seven, The New Blood. Then we have the original, Friday the 13th. And then at number six, we have the reboot of Friday the 13th. Then part three, Jason Goes. Then we have Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. And then at number nine, part five. Uh, a, a new, new beginning. beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then number ten, Jason X. And then finally, at the bottom of the list, one that we can all agree on is uniformly terrible. Part eight, Jason takes Manhattan, or fails to do so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. That wow. is okay. 11 Ooh. movies. And just for shits and giggles, I will say that if I was throwing Freddy Jason on here, I'd probably have it sitting right around the sixth spot. I'd put it right underneath the original and above the reboot. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'd have it, too. Yeah. You'd have it over part seven as well, I assume, on your personal list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on my personal list, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I guess on my personal list, it's even hot. Yeah, it's it's still in the same spot. It's right under part one. But yeah, Freddy vs. Jason, fun. Check it out. But it's definitely a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have any final thoughts about watching this whole series? I mean, and also, I think when we covered the past series, we did sort of answer that big question. As a franchise, would you recommend this to people? That's a hard, you know. We, that's something we've we've asked with every one mm-hmm. of these franchises, and most of the time we're like, no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard to make a a truly great franchise right. as we're finding. But with this one, yes, yeah. I think Friday the Thirteenth is is a franchise you should check out for sure. Yeah, I I do too, and you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you watch one or two of these and you're not enjoying them, then don't you know don't hold your own feet to the fire you don't have to keep going but like mm-hmm. like i had said my my personal recommendation for a real fun uh six movie halloween film you know marathon sit down watch in order for me one two four six seven and nine forget about the new ones <laughs> um you'll have a i think you'll have a good time I think you'll enjoy yeah. that. And that's more than half the series. And that's the and if I can say that, I can say that more than half of these movies I think you'd have fun watching. I had fun watching, then that's a win. And so yeah, I am pro Friday the thirteenth. Me too. Yeah. Man, what a blast. I had a blast watching these movies and mm-hmm. discussing them with you. But we have a new series of movies. Oh that we're gonna boy. Be talking about. Yes we do. Yeah. We're- summer, it's still summer. Yeah. People are, for better or worse, getting in the water. Yeah. You know, if you're staying right six feet away from your fellow man, 
uh, and you're outdoors, then I got, I, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you. Just uh, keep up that social distancing. Um, but go yeah. for a little swim. So. We're doing deep blue sea. Fuck you, losers. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so in case you guys didn't know, uh, in this barren film wasteland of the pandemic, there are still some new releases creeping out, uh, you know, via video on demand. One of those is the brand new Deep Blue Sea 3, which yep. released just two short weeks ago. Um, it's, uh, so we said, Hey, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do a series that's got a little bit of a summer theme, uh, and one where we could watch a brand new movie that neither of us has ever seen that most of the world hasn't seen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we, we understand that's a bit, I mean, it's a rental, it's a rental for like a new movie, so it's pretty pricey, but Hey. I think uh, it's worth it. If nothing else, what the fuck else are you doing? You yeah, I mean? like, seriously. You're not watching any... No no new movies are out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, you guys can just wait until we do the episode. Wait till it drops. Listen to the first five minutes. We'll let you know if you should rent it. If you should, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you pause point. the ep, go rent it, come back and listen to it when you're done. <laughs> um, uh, let me check to see where the original Deep Blue Sea is playing. If you want to throw in our info. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be a three-movie series. Uh, We will be starting next week on our regular Monday episode drop with the first Deep Blue Sea. Um, If you guys want to write to us in the meantime, you can use our email, killstreakpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, killstreakpod, uh, Facebook, killstreakpod, and our new website, killstreakpod.com, where you can uh, listen to episodes, leave us a voicemail, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to watching something besides Friday the 13th, as much as I love this series. Uh, yeah. ha- happy to move on to Bluer Waters? <laughs> Deeper Waters, for sure. <laughs> uh, so you can see, you can catch the original Deep Blue Sea on HBO Max, and then it's a rental. All the other places you are getting rentals these days. Deep Blue Sea 2 looks like it's streaming on Fubo, which I know is, is a subscription service. Mm. I don't have it. It's also streaming on a DirecTV if you have a subscription and Sci Fi Channel. I guess oh, wow. it's a Sci Fi Channel movie. <laughs> I think it was. Now, I, we'll, we'll do a little research and we'll let you know by the end of uh, the first episode. If there are alternate cuts, yeah, um, yeah, you know, because sometimes I know, for instance, with the Return of the Living Dead movies, sci-fi will make TV movies and then release, you know, R-rated cuts on uh, video on demand. You know, yeah. so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, come uh, hang out with us next week as we embark on a new journey together. And as always, you're all doomed. <laughs>